If you want to turn to Daniel chapter 11, Daniel chapter 11, I've entitled this The Kingdom of Everlasting Life versus the Kingdom of Everlasting Contempt. We've had uh, salvations even uh, in two. Am I doing that? Sorry. Boom, boom, boom. Anything else? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, um, we've, uh, we've had salvations uh, every month all the way up to 2018. And so, so far, I led, we, we got to lead somebody to the Lord uh, last week, but they're not here in the church. So you're here. So if you want to accept Christ, this is a great time. We need you to, to, to give your life to Christ today. But uh, every month from in, in 2018, we've had salvations and we've had baptisms. If you would like to get baptized, we also uh, would do that. We'd love to do a baptism. We're going to have a, a baby dedication next week. Um, and I want to say all that because this is going to be a salvation sermon. Uh, but it's also going to, hopefully, if you've already been saved, um, you'll, you'll really begin to... Uh, pursue God more than you ever have before. But um, I just I just want to give that precursor on there. Wow, I don't know what I'm doing, guys. Anything? No. Okay. All right. Daniel chapter 12. At the time, uh, at that time shall rise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a, a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found in the written in book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like those, uh, like the stars forever and ever. But da you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank in the, uh, of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed to linen who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised the right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times and a half time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, 
and you shall rest and stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Lord, that you would speak through your servant this morning, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you would open this book to us, Lord, so that it wouldn't be a mystery, but it would be clear to us. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, so you read this and it looks, it looks kind of, it, it's kind of hard to understand. Um, and I'm going to hopefully not make it more complicated, but try to explain it a little bit better by telling you that I went to a conference this weekend. And when I went to the conference, they said they have a registration table, if you've ever been to it, and they're like, is your name here? And do you ever get scared when you go like to, to a conference or something I've been before and you're afraid maybe they don't have your name? Anybody, you know? Yeah. And they start looking through the folder, you know, sh- sh- yeah. what'd you say your name was? Cook what? Yeah. Kirk what? Cook what? No, no. I'm like, T-O-D-D, K-I-R-K-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Tucker, oh, thank God. And look, see, they had a little badge for me. Tucker, Patrick, they have my name. Um. Our first point that I want to talk about in this, and you, you, you're like, well, what does what you just said have anything to do with anything? I'll tell you what it is. The first point is this. Number one, the book of life. The book of life. You see, in um, our reading here, we, we looked at uh, Michael, and he was talking to Daniel And uh, he said, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. In the Bible, it talks about what there is called a a book of life, okay? And uh, in fact, in Revelation chapter 3, 3 through 5, he's talking to the Sardis church, and I can read it to you. Or I can just tell you that what happens is he says, hey, you guys need to hear the words of the Lord and you need to repent. You need to to understand what Jesus has done for you and you need to ask him to forgive you of your sins and you need to keep it, you need to repent. And then he said, if you do this, your name will, Jesus will never blot out and Jesus will, will confess your name before the Father. So now I'm, uh, you know, I, I, my question is, okay, if he's going to confess my name before the Father, what, is that, what does that mean? He knows my name. So I go to this conference, and they're, they're, they're concerned, they're looking through, but I'm not as scared at this conference as that, that I have been at others. Because... The uh, guy that is putting on the conference, he is a good friend of mine. In fact, he's like a, a disciple of mine. And he has a, a, it's his church, but I know the church real well. I know everybody. I have even family members over there. And he, he begins to um, uh, tell me about the conference, want me to go to the conference. And I say, okay, I'm going to go to the conference. And I get there, 
And if the lady doesn't say she has my name, I'm going to go, well, I know the guy that ran the conference. I have a personal relationship with the guy that runs this conference. So my name is on the book. Because you're hearing all the neat music and you see the lights inside. You know, and you want to get past that door. But that little registration guy is like, you can't come by unless you have a, where did I do with the tag? Unless you have a tag. And see, I already lost the tag and I've lost it before. Oh, here it is. Unless you have this, you know, you know, um, uh, we got pass. I got a pass. Backstage pass. Backstage pass. And so I have to have my backstage pass to get in. And what he is telling Daniel is that you are in 535 B.C., which is over 2,500 years ago from our time, which before that, there's about a thousand or a couple of thousand years before that when man was created. So we believe man to be about 7,000. Genealogists will tell you they found a 10,000-year-old uh, skeleton in Africa, which is about the right place because that's about where the uh, world began because Israel is right on the top of Africa. So that makes it out about right. So let's say it's been 10,000 years. What happened is in the garden... When God created man, he created man in his image. He created man to be, he said, let's create man in our image, to be like us. They, they, man man would, can have creativity. He can subdue the earth. He can, he can have this earth. God had a plan in mind for man. And then man was given a directive God said, do not eat of this tree, the tree of good and evil. How many of you guys know the difference between good and evil? Too bad. We're not supposed to. But because we took of that, a curse came upon man, and man began to be separated from God. So let's go back to this. 535 B.C., the angel is telling him, some are going to be pulled up from dust to everlasting life, and some are going to be pulled up from dust to everlasting contempt. Well, when you die, don't isn't that it? Aren't you just don't you just die? No, because God created you, and He blew, He blew His breath inside of you, Numa, His spirit, His life in the first man. That went into other, uh, all the other creation. And you have a spirit besides your corruptible flesh that dies. And your spirit lives forever. And so what God is saying through his servant to Daniel is, is hey, here's what's going to happen. You've been worried about Israel coming back and all this kind of stuff. And and Israel's going to come back. That's going to be taken care of. But I want to bump it up. Boom, 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 boom. Way past the year. It may be 2019. Who knows? 2019 or 3,000, whatever it is. And here's what's going to happen. This Antichrist is going to come. And, and at times, time and a half, three and a half years. And all these things are going to happen. And, and, and Daniel's mind just going. Pow, pow, and probably yours is going. Pow, pow. And even when you read it, you probably went, 
and it kind of blown. But here's what God is trying to say, though. What he's trying to say is, let's, 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 let's make this really important. Where'd it go? You need a backstage pass. <laughs> you need one that says everlasting life. You don't want the one that says everlasting contempt. And the only way is you have to have a relationship with the owner of the passes. And the owner of the passes is Jesus Christ. And Jesus reached back into the Old Testament. Jesus reached to the present in the New Testament. And Jesus reaches forward into the future to you and I. And, and is not bound by either any of them. He's not bound by the past. He's not bound by the present. He's not bound by the future. Jesus is in all of them. And he reaches out to us to give us the past. A backstage pass. I need to get to my notes. You see, in Revelations chapter 3, 3 through 5, he said, you've received. You had a guy up here saying, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in you, uh, in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. So do you believe? Yes. Can you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart? That Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Yes, he's telling the Sardis church, see, you have received this and you have heard this, but you must keep it and you must repent. In other words, all repent means is the direction that we're going is towards God. Okay? And if you've ever changed that direction, you need to repent uh, what does what the GPS thing do? Uh, rerouting. <laughs> reroute. You, you know, reroute because you've turned. I do it all the time. I do the opposite of what my GPS thing tells me to do. And it goes, oh, that poor guy. Rerouting. And that's what it sounds like. Rerouting. And, and I'm like, what? And my wife's like, you didn't take the right turn. You did the Well, you were with me, huh? And I, we had to get rerouted. Jacob was with me. And I'm always making the late turn or the wrong turn. But we have to continue. We, you can accept Christ. You can make him Lord and Savior your life. But you have to continue to walk in that path. Continue to repent. Continue to keep it. And if not, it says in these scriptures, if not, and you do not wake up, he said, if not, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief in the night. And uh, when I was little, we used to, every Sunday night was set aside for the rapture. And so on Sunday night, we'd talk about how that the rapture could come and he could take people at any time. And, and I do believe in that. I believe that's true. But listen, everybody has a personal rapture. I've been around too long. I've been in church and I've hugged somebody and said hi to them one, one week and the next week they're gone. Everybody has a time where expiration date is up. It's just time. You know, this week I was FaceTiming with a girl and uh, her name's Ro Romy Gooday and I'll have you guys pray for her. But on the way to California, um, she, uh, her her car hit something in the middle of the street or whatever, and she flipped a few times, 
and the car uh, landed on her leg and she was far enough out where she said she saw about 15 cars go by but it was from 10 o'clock at night to 5 and she's been here to church she's been at, at uh, church before and she was like she said I should have died she said I was praying I know God has something for me and I said he sure does you know he it wasn't her time but she, she, never, she never thought that would happen to her. And around 5 o'clock, someone found her. She's in California now, and she's going to be, have to be in that hospital for a few weeks. And they're able to save her leg. It's, it's her left leg and continue to pray for her. But she's just making a simple, a, a simple trip, you know, uh, going somewhere. And... And the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes that you may have life and have more abundantly. Everybody, like, put on your seatbelts right now, because I'm going to get deep and maybe get a little scary for you, but you you need to put those seatbelts on. Um, Jason Brown, who is missionary to Egypt now, he was running from God. He's a pastor's son, and he had went out to California and he ended up his he was in a little pickup and they uh, rolled seven times uh, on the LA freeway and they said he should be dead and he wasn't but he came back and he said hey I love you to me you know and I love my dad but the rest of this is you know blah blah <laughs> and and uh, I said nope and so we're praying and the day that I left he had still not completely repented and I told him, and he's crying, I'm, and I'm hugging him. I told him, I said, Jason, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to take this, this place. God has saved you. He, but if you don't do your mission, is everybody listening to me? Then, then you're done. You ever wonder why some people live and some people don't? You have a purpose. That's why you're alive. God has a purpose for you. But the expiration date runs out. As you kick against the, the goads, as you, as you fight against what God is trying to do in your life, the expiration date is running out. The time is running out. I, you know, uh, the next, it was the next week, or the, it might have been two weeks later, he went down to the altar, gave his life to Christ. And man, he was the youth pastor within whatever, a few months, and then he was in missions, and now he's a missionary. He's got kids. He didn't have kids. He wasn't even married. Now he's married. He's got kids. It's, it's a beautiful life. Living for Christ is a beautiful life. But, but don't, don't fight against what God has in your life. And you must be written in the book of life. See, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 20, it said, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. According to what they had done. In Revelation verses 20 through 15, it says, Anyone's name not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So I believe this with all my heart. I, I believe God is grace. He's mercy. I love it. That's what I want to preach that all the time. But I also believe that there is a, a, 
a, a judgment. And there is an, uh, a pass, I guess you would say, for the everlasting contempt. For the everlasting hatred against God. For those that say, no, I don't want you, God. And they will be divided like the sheep are from the goats. They will be divided like the wheat is from the tear. They will be divided one day. God will divide them out. And which one do you decide to be? You have that decision. What is your decision? Do you want to know Jesus Christ and have that everlasting life? Or do you choose to have that everlasting contempt and continue to fight against the grace and the love and the purpose and the provision and the and 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 the exaltation of God. You know, I I have a lot of friends outside. I have a, like a it seems like a whole church outside here. I, I'm thinking 20, 30, 40 people, even a few this morning could come in for a little bit, but they can't stay here for the entire message because there is such a war within them fighting against the goodness of God. And all the devil wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. And so the whole time, if you're in that kingdom, if you've got that backstage pass of the devil, of the evilness, then all that is going on you in your life is a killing and stealing and destroying of your purpose, of your destiny, of everything that's inside of you. And if you will just take that backstage pass of self-contempt and throw it down and say, Jesus, give me your backstage pass. Give me your everlasting pass. Give me that love. Give me that forgiveness. Give me the ability to love myself. Because of the hatred and the, and the sin inside of me, I can't even love myself. Give me that pass. He will give you the path of everlasting life. You see, Jesus, the King of Kings, has a book of life. I don't know how you are. I'm kind of this way. I've always kind of been this way. If I'm going to something or, you know, I'm going to be a part of something, I like to know who the leader is. And the leader of eternal life wants you to know him. And he wants to know you. And he gives you an open invitation. He gives you, he's knocking at your door. He wants to know you. Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and it is his book of life. It is his book. We're going we're gonna to look through this. Okay, Let, let's go to the... the Revelations 21, verse 27 says, Only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Behold the Lamb of God, John says in John chapter 1, who takes away the sin of the world as Jesus is walking on an embankment of the Jordan River. John saw in the Spirit that Jesus is the Lamb of God. In Revelations, they talk about a lamb coming up, a sacrificed lamb coming up and, and, and coming and being able to 
opened the seals that nobody else could open to open the revelation or the understanding of what was going to happen in the future. Read Revelations. It's crazy. It's awesome. But what I want to talk about, I'm still on point number one, is the Lamb, it's His book. And Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, you will be saved. In John chapter 3, verse 16, we all know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He is the only son. He is the first male. He is the lamb, the spotless innocent, guiltless lamb. Y'all ready for this? Hold up. Let's go back a few, let's go whatever, 7,000, 10,000 years ago. Eve is listening to the serpent. He's like, you'll be like God, eat it. So then she grabs, she eats it. Hmm. Huh. She gives it to Adam. Adam eats it. Hmm. Hey, we're naked. Woman, you're naked. Man, you're naked. Well, let's go hide. They hide. God walks through the garden. He says, where are you guys at? He said, uh, hey, we, we've hid because we're naked. He said, who told you you were naked? We, we sinned. And, of course, God knew that. So then he puts a curse on Did a lamb uh, hide that day? Did the animals go up and uh, start uh, fashioning clothes? How many of you have seen a deer put on a pantsuit or anything? <laughs> no, I'm, and I know it's funny, but I'm trying to make a point here. He says, all right, and he takes animal skins animal skins the animals didn't mess up the whole earth animal the creations animals groan for jesus to return because man has messed this thing up and a sinless spotless animal gave its life so that its skin could cover the parts of humans because they realized they were naked. Think about it. And then, on through the Old Testament, he says, bring me the firstborn lamb, spotless. Spotless meant it was perfect. It was the best lamb. It would have been the perfect lamb. Bring me that one, the firstborn, the spotless lamb, and cut his throat and put that blood on the altar because that is a, a, an outward sign of what's going to happen. That is, that is to show you that my son, God is saying, my son will come and he will give his life for you. Everything they have. He is sinless. It's not his fault. He shouldn't be judged for this. But the spotless lamb. Now listen, listen. This guy wanted me to come to the conference. Begged me to come to the conference. 
took me out many, many times to, to, to uh, different t- uh, places to eat, telling me about how incredible a conference is going to be. But I had to sign up and tell him that I would come. But I had a personal relationship with him that I knew once I had signed up, I was going to come. Jesus wants you to have everlasting life. Jesus is begging you to have everlasting life. And you don't have to pay a fee. You don't have to do anything. You just have to give your life to him and he puts you in the Lamb book of life. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and you'll be saved. The final point. Well, there's one, a couple more points. How long will it be? And that's probably what you're wondering right now. How long will it be to the end? That's what uh, was asked by one of the angels. How long will it be to the end? How long will, it, how long will we be on earth? Have anybody ever asked that? Have you ever asked that? How long are we going to be on planet Earth? Well, let's, let's look at this. In Revelations, if you want to turn there, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, From God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. We are yearning for what it was supposed to be, and we're getting to that point. But because man sinned, through man, through one man, and everybody says, well, this is unfair, this is unfair. Through one man, everyone sins. Everyone, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But through one man, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, all can be forgiven if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Jesus is coming. In Revelation 13, 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is not passive. He's not waiting on you to find him. He's knocking at the door. That's why I said I love that song this morning. He's coming after you. You think you came after him. He came after you. He's pounding. Jesus is knocking at the door. All right. Last point. What shall be the outcome? Go your way. For those that have, how many of you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Okay, for those that have accepted Christ, this is what he's telling Daniel, because Daniel hadn't, you know, he didn't understand that he had already, was getting a revelation of Christ, and so he was, he was getting there. But Daniel was still kind of confused. 
And the angel just says, hey, go your way. What does that mean? Daniel did incredible, great things for us. He, he wrote this book so that we could understand what's going on. He was doing great things for his people. He had went through the lion's den because he believed in God and God shut the mouths of the lion. He, he did incredible stuff that kings and people from all over the world saw and said, the God of Daniel must be the true God. And the angel said, Daniel, go your way. You know what I got for you? If you've accepted Christ, you accepted Christ, go your way. Well, what does 1,295 days mean in 1,355? Is it going to be a three and a half a year tribulation? Are we going through half of the tribulation? Are we pre-tribulation or post-tribulation or, or most-tribulation or any kind of tribulation? Or Are we going to be wrapped or what? And, and here's what I've got for you, little Daniels. <laughs> Go your way. Go your way. You have touched people. You are going to keep touching people. Go your way. Believe in God. Worship God and touch people all along the way. Go your way. Do your assignment. Amen. Nobody can reach who you can reach. And you are his hands extended. And you are the part of that knock that is knocking at the door. Go your way. Finish your assignment. Don't give up. Don't give up. Many shall purify themselves. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, it says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord, of the glory of our uh, great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Who are zealous for good works. Our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession. Go your way. I listened to a pastor, was it last night or yesterday? And his name is Jason Lozano. And he got saved at a Carmen concert. And um, he would uh, do drugs, and he was head of a lot of drug scene, and his mom was really mad at him, and, and she was trying to get him to go to, to church or anything. And so she goes, uh, and they, you know, she was, spoke to him in Spanish and said, you know, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to a concert. And so he understood it was a concert. He said, oh, going to concert? Yeah, I got you tickets. So he popped some LSD so that he could see the lights really cool, you know. And because the concerts, the lights are really cool. And he said it was a Carmen concert and they had lights. And he said that he, he, he saw one of his songs, he had these demons out there and stuff. And that guy's like, oh, I see those demons all the time, man. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he, he, he started getting scared and he said, Jesus help. And he said what scared him was this. He said immediately he got sober. Like he'd never done that. He knew how much LSD he took. He'd never been completely sober. 
And what scared him is he was completely sober. So he said when they said come down, he ran. He ran past everybody who was coming down there. And he said he, he, he could tell that uh, they could tell he probably needed a lot of help because they took him into a room. And he said a lot of these ladies with the big hair buns uh, got around him and just they, they got all this stuff out of him. He was so happy. He was so excited. He went home and he was ahead of a big gang thing. And he said, dudes, he said, come over, bring all the girls, all the chicks, all the, uh, all the dope and all the, uh, all the beer and stuff you can. And let's party. I've got saved. And you're laughing, and you're laughing, but it's what he did. Now, now, now I can explain to you about this whole purify thing. I don't know where you get saved at, but then there's a purification. That guy ain't doing dope, and he's not ahead of a gang anymore, and he, and, he, and he got completely, he had to go through rehab. He said it was only six months rehab. He said he, did it, he had to do it three times. He stayed there a year and a half, and then he stayed in a little tiny house for about five years with some guys. Uh, five, yeah, five years. And he, and, he, and, he, and he prayed to God. And he got completely saved and God purified him. I don't know where you began, but God will purify you. But go your way and do what God has asked you to do. All right? 